in Bethlehem lived the young, handsome Hebrew shepherd who was said to be a man after God's own heart. And if you remember our Sunday school lessons correctly, we see as David rose from shepherd to a king. And we'll be looking at the promises that Yahweh made unto him that are vital and important even unto us today. Hello and welcome to Truth Incorporated Podcast, where we spread uncensored biblical truth. In our last episode, we looked at the Abrahamic covenant and we looked at God's promises to Abraham and we saw even how these promises relate unto us. Um, we said that Abraham was promised a seed that would bless all the families of the earth he was promised a land but we said that he never received any of it and we were able to pinpoint to the scriptures that says that abraham abraham's seed that was mentioned was not isaac or, or his grandson jacob but it was the lord jesus christ and we said that we can become abraham's seed through baptism and in this episode we'll be looking at david and we're looking at the promises that God made unto David and we'll see how they even so are vital even unto us. Now as we introduced, David lived in Bethlehem. Um, he was said to be handsome in the scriptures and he was a shepherd. He looked after the sheep of his father, Jesse. And he was the youngest of eight sons. Um, David wasn't our average teenager. Um, I don't know about you guys, but certainly I I hate chores, um, especially my young age. I'm no longer a teenager, <laughs> but at my young age, I I, I I hated having to wash wares or sweep the house. Actually, I didn't really do much because my mother spoiled me, but I'm guessing the average teenager that's listening can relate. Um, and even those who were in their teenage years that I, you know, chores, who likes, who likes doing chores? Uh, but David, he was very willing. He was a shepherd. He, he took diligent care of his sheep. And it, the scriptures show us that his father, who had sent him, his brothers, three of his brothers were soldiers. They were in the army. And his father, Jesse, had sent him to take some food and stuff for his brothers. And it says David left his sheep and he went. It doesn't say he complained or anything like that. So he was very willing. Uh, he was not an average teen, um, which was very strange and it says he left his sheep with a caretaker and he left um so he really took pride in the shepherding man you know he 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 didn't just leave his sheep like that but he made sure he left them with someone and to top it off with that um we were told that david he fought a lion and a bear for a sheep um just just wrap your mind around that i certainly would have gotten all the sheep I could and bailed out of there as quick as I possibly can. I mean, who would risk their life for sheep? I mean, a bear and a lion, two of the most ferocious predators in the whole wide world. And it says that David fought lions and bears. So he wasn't average. He took pride and he took care in, in whatever it is he did. And it seemed to him that no job was too small. So he added his extraordinary sense of care and love. Uh, we would remember David from Sunday school, those that would have attended. Um, we learned much how he was a shepherd, how he killed Goliath with just a slingshot. Um, after he was sent to deliver food to his brothers, you know, he stumbled upon Goliath, a man who 
the entire host of Israel was afraid of and you know Goliath was challenging them and even Saul who was king was afraid to go up to Goliath and David came and, and as the Holy Spirit was upon him he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God who is he that he could defy Yahweh or God and David was probably only around 17, 18 at this time. A young man. Um, very young. But courageous and bold. And he stumbled upon Goliath. And we know the story. Put on Saul's armor. But that was way too much. He couldn't use it because it was not his armor. He took some smooth stones. Put it in his bag. Took his slingshot. Shot Goliath in the head and chopped his head off. Um... And at the age of 17, David was able to do that. So we see that Saul, the king of Israel at that time, had become very rebellious to God. He had become disobedient and God had rejected him. And God had selected David to be the next king. He was anointed at age 17 or 18. Um, but he didn't become king until he was... He didn't ascend to the throne until he was about 30. And David, after he killed Goliath, was well-loved. Saul loved him, um, not only because he was a warrior, but because at first he could play the lyre. And every time uh, a vexing spirit or depression would come upon Saul, he would send for David to play for him. And then David became a, an army man, and he became the commander of the army. And it says that the women, and he quickly advanced in the army of, of King Saul. And the women would sing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David had killed his 10,000 and David soon became a threat to King Saul. So God had begun to strip the kingdom from Saul and was about to give it to David and Saul knew, that, knew this and it made he made it his life's mission to kill David. So David remained so David remained in the wilderness for 10 years and he ran and Saul chased after him and he had opportunities to kill Saul but he would not touch God's anointed um, so David continued to flee from Saul in the wilderness um, of course God had promised him that he'd be king and God fulfilled this promise to David when he was age 30 he became the second king of Israel and he uh, was ascended to the throne and the people loved David very much um, that's a brief uh, history on King David's life. Um, I'm guessing most of us might have known already from Sunday school. Um, but as David was king, God, through the prophet Nathan, made some very vital promises to David. Second Samuel seven, twelve to sixteen says, "When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come forth from your body. I will establish his kingdom." He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will punish him with a rod such as mortals use, with blows inflicted by human beings. But I will not take my steadfast love from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure before me, your throne shall be established forever now in these few verses are some very vital and some very important 
promises that God made to David. And let's analyze the, the key elements of the promises that Yahweh here through the prophet Nathan is making to King David, king of Israel. So God tells him that after he lies down, that he will raise up after him an, a seed or an offspring, as the newer versions would say, who will come forth from his body. He will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for his name. And his kingdom shall be forever. God shall be a father to him. And she, he shall be a son unto God. So the key elements of these promises are the God, the David's throne in his kingdom would last forever. It will be ruled over by a son who would be the son of God. And David would be able to witness its fulfillment. So these are some very vital and some very important words here. But like we looked at it, Abraham, why David? Um, why not his other seven brothers who were much more men of war, uh, meant much more men of valor, who probably would have made good kings also. Just as we looked at why, why David, why did God select him out of his brothers? Well, as we looked at the very same aspect of Abraham, God does not look at the outwards appearance. And in fact, the people had chosen Saul because he was handsome, he was tall, he was ruddy, he was strapping, and he had the outward appearance of a king. But God said not this time. This time, we're not only looking at the outward appearance, we're looking at the inward. We're looking at the heart. We're looking at the mind of the individual and how well they can rule. So God selected David because as David is nicknamed, he was a man after God's own heart. He seeked and yearned after the things of Yahweh day and night, 24-7. And actually, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26, David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So as David approached Goliath, a young 17-year-old boy, he was not afraid. But he trusted in God, he trusted in Yahweh the Most High because he had seen what Yahweh had done. He had been able to fight bears and to fight lions to, to save his sheep. So he understood the principles that once he fights his battle in the name of God, that he would win. So even from a young age, we see David had his mind set on the things of God. He trusted in God that he believed that he could even kill a giant like Goliath. And he said to them, Who is this man? Who is Goliath? That he could defy the armies of the living God. And we know the rest. He took the slingshot and he defeated Goliath. Also, it was David's idea. First Chronicles 22. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had planned to build a house of the rest for the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh. For the footstool of our God, and I made preparations for the building. So the tabernacle, the ark had been living in a tent, and David saw it fit that he might build a house for God. His heart was so set on the things of God that he wanted the best for God, even though, you know, God reminded him that there's no house that he could build for him, or he doesn't need a house, no house can contain him. Nevertheless, God was pleased because his heart was in the correct place. His heart was in the right place. And he set out to build his house. So David's heart was always set on the things of God. And in everything he did, he did to please God in every aspect. Hence the nickname, he really 
was a man after God's own heart. What does that mean? He was a man after God's own heart. That means that he strived to have the mindset of God, the thinking of how God thinks, the characters of God. That is love, you know, the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. So, interestingly, God made some vital promises to David. Let's back up, back to the promises that God made unto him. He said that his throne would last forever. It will be ruled over by sons who would, a son who would be called the son of God. And um, David would witness it. But the kingdom of Israel is no longer. The last king of Israel actually was Zedekiah. And God had taken back the kingdom because of uh, Israel's sin against him. But we say that God can't lie and his promises must come through. Then how soon will this promise be fulfilled? Well, as you might have guessed, for if you've listened to the Abrahamic covenant, the seed here of David um, was not Solomon, was not Absalom, was not his sons, but the seed represented someone else. Come with me to the gospel. According to uh, Matthew, Matthew 1.6, it mentions the genealogy of Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, And Jesse, the father of King David, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. So David here is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Come with me to the gospel. According to Luke chapter 1 verse 30, the angel, and this is the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be, the, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Well, where did we hear these words before? Well, we heard them in the promises that God made to David. So, the offspring of David, the seed of David, was not Solomon, was not Absalom, was not the other kings of Israel. For their kingdom failed because they were ruling on man's terms. And their kingdom did come to an end. But this true offspring of David was the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall be called my son, who is the son of God, none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the angel is telling her that the child will be the son of the Most High, and he shall give him what? God will give him the throne of his ancestor or his father David, and his kingdom shall be for what? His kingdom shall reign forever. So God had, had promised unto David that he would one day redeem not only Israel, but the entire world through Jesus Christ. So God had had these plans all along from the get-go. God had been planning these things from the very, 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 very inception of, of things. And that should be uh, wonderful, something that is wonderful that God had been thinking of the redemption of mankind for so long um, that the gospel was preached even on to David. Um, has David received the promises as yet? No, David had not yet received the promise. But how would he receive the promise? He would receive the promise of the resurrection. Just as we look to the Abrahamic covenant, when David resurrects, he shall receive the promise and he shall be in the kingdom of God. Um, and these promises are not only for David, but they are for all of us. Let's come to Matthew 24, 25, verse 31 to 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, 
as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats, and he'll put the sheep at his right hand and the goat at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, ye that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. So God had been planning this. We looked at the Abrahamic covenant and we see how it says that the gospel is preached even unto Abraham. So it was preached unto David also. See, these promises that were promised thousands of years ago are even for us. And when we accept Christ as our Lord and we are baptized, we become children of Abraham, children of David, heirs according to the kingdom of God and heirs according to the wonderful promise. And when we live our life faithful in truth, Christ shall separate us. Some to eternal damnation, those that were faithful to eternal life right here on the earth in the kingdom of God. So Israel had failed. Israel had failed. So God had given them, God was their king at first. In the days of Samuel, they rejected God, thinking that they know best. And all the kings went downhill. There were some good kings like David and some others, but even they had their faults. And they brought the kingdom of Israel to ruin and God exiled them. And the final king was Zedekiah. And they've never been a king in Israel since. Why, why has there never been a king? Because God had prophesied in Ezekiel 21, verse 26 to 27. Thus says Yahweh God, Remove the turban, take off the crown, things shall not remain as they are. Exalt that which is low, abase that which is high. A ruin, a ruin, a ruin, I will make it, such as never occurred, until he comes, whose right it is, to him will I give it. Here is God, the prophet, saying, Take off the turban, take off the crown, Zedekiah, take it off. But there will never be a king in Israel again until the rightful king of Israel comes. And the rightful king is none other than the son of David, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. And he is returning. And when he returns, he's returning to set up the kingdom of his father. The kingdom that David was promised. The kingdom that will not only last for a few years, but the kingdom that will last forever. And those who wish to be in the kingdom... We must accept the Lord Jesus Christ first. We must be baptized and we must follow after his teachings all our lives. And like David, we shall be resurrected. Like Abraham, we shall be resurrected. And if found faithful, we shall be in the kingdom. We will see the patriarchs. We'll see David, we'll see Abraham, and we'll see Moses, and we'll see all the faithful patriarchs who understood and believed in the resurrection and believed in the glorious kingdom of God. So it's such a wonderful thing to see how God had been planning all of this redemption that from the time Adam and Eve sinned, we looked at the Edenic covenant that God promised the seed that was Jesus unto Adam and Eve, a redemption promised unto Abraham. He promised unto David. So Jesus was the Logos of God. He was the word of God. He was the plan of God and God had been planning it all along for creatures who do not deserve it, who cannot earn it. It shows the wonderful agape love that Yahweh has for his creation. And God is inviting you, he's inviting me, and he's inviting all of us listeners here to be a part of this kingdom that he has planned from the beginning. We can only come to the Father through his Son, Jesus the Christ. I thank you for being attentive and listening to this episode as we look to the David Covenant. Um... For those who have not yet subscribed, do subscribe to the podcast and like our Facebook page, Truth Incorporated. And you can also follow us on Instagram at T underscore Incorp. And stay tuned for many, many more episodes to come as we dig deep into the Word of God 
to see God's wonderful plans for us. Thank you all for being here and the peace of the Lord be with you until we meet again.